Here we uncover the traditions that are working for successful parents. For the parents who are ready to do things differently but aren't sure how, go to wandahoward.com and download my free blueprint. It will help you create the difference you've been looking for and enable your kids to be emotionally healthy and confident throughout their lives. Now is the time to start doing things differently. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I am your host, Wanda Howard, and today we have with us a very successful consulting executive, Rick Highland, who has gone from that um, industry, that world, and has actually retired and created his own coaching um, program that he's able to help other people do the exact same thing that he has been able to do in his career. And one thing that I really loved about his bio when he came onto my podcast was he made the very bold statement of, I have achieved success in every area of life. And I love that because I feel like so many people are so afraid to claim what we are all anxiously striving for. So welcome, Rick. I'm excited to dive into what you do and your definition of success. Yeah, thank you, Wanda. I'm excited to be here. And uh, I love your comment there because, you know, the shadow side of that is uh, I'm also a recovering perfectionist. So <laughs> with, with every uh, strength in personality, and we're all different, right? We're all unique. And there's also shadow sides we need to manage. But yeah, I love living by a balanced set of goals, right? Not just excelling at work, but I want and, and plan each week and each 90-day period with goals in spiritual, physical, family, work. Uh, what am I missing? Um, uh, relationships. Uh, so yeah, I set goals every 90 days in those areas and then weekly plans and then daily plans because I, something hit me in my 20s uh, 40 years ago that I didn't want to be one of those people that was successful at work and then not with family and my service community, et cetera, et cetera. So for some reason that really stuck in my head. And uh, so that's been very important to me to build a success framework around uh, all the roles that we have in our life. Yeah. Ah, I love it. Thank you. So to get started then, what uh, what really got you on this path? Why are you passionate about helping other people to achieve success? Well, um, boy, that that's a lot of different ways to answer that. But I'll tell you a story that um, really kicked me off in this direction. I, um, I'll try to make it short, but I was just moved my family across country. Uh, Cheryl and I had two small kids at the time to an MBA program. Uh, I was the youngest and least experienced person in the class. So I knew I had to work really hard and my parents had taught me the value of hard work. So that wasn't the problem. So I went into this thing and about eight weeks in the program, working my heart out. I know I'm the youngest, least experienced and a lot of the credit for the course goes in participation and your knowledge and your homework and all that. It was a case study method. And anyhow, eight weeks in, I get an economic test back from Don C, the professor, and I got one of the lowest grades in class. And I had worked my heart out. And so all sorts of doubt (laughs) went into my heart. Uh, Am I in the right program? Was it the right thing to leave, uproot my family away from our two families and and the job I had to do the end? So all sorts of doubt and anxiety entered my heart. And um, after a bit of a pity party on a Friday night, I said to Cheryl on Saturday morning, I'm I'm just going to go down into the unfinished basement 
and I'm going to read and write and figure out what I need to do. And so one of my heroes at the time and still is, was the book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. He's mm-hmm. passed since then. but And in there, he always talked about begin with the end in mind and um, have clear purpose and mission to your life. So I thought, well, I'm a bit of a mini crisis right here. Why don't I give it a try? So I actually, on that weekend, did a mission statement, or I call them a purpose statement, and did a series of questions and pulled it into about 45 words and it was all around continuous improvement, action orientation, making a difference in my life and other, my families and those in my circle of influence. But heavy around the words continuous improvement. Uh, as I did my analysis, I figured out both from the past strengths and the future me, that's who I wanted to be. So anyhow, I went back to school on Monday and not it wasn't a big shift. <laughs> and uh, I didn't graduate valedictorian, uh, but I did better. And um, it came job time for jobs, what's a year and a bit later, a few months later, in the second year, um, start applying, didn't really apply to a lot. And the ones I did apply to didn't get anything back. So it was a little frustrating. I started to get a little worried. And then all of a sudden, a small niche consulting company came a knocking at the door at a university and posted and um, wanted, it had the same words from my mission, my purpose statement. Like continuous improvement, action orientation, make a difference in people's lives. It was all there. And uh, so I thought, this is my job. That finally, now I know why I did that purpose statement a year and a half before. So anyhow, I applied for the job. And then back in the day, it was on actually a piece of paper, not computer. (laughs) And um, I got, I think it was a couple of days later, I got back the list for interviews for that small niche consulting company. And I wasn't on the list. And uh, so before I could throw another pity party, I called them up and said, you know, and they said, I said, I I don't know if I was quite this bold, but they, uh, I get teased about it to this very day. They said, I said, well, I think you made a mistake. Uh, (laughs) I applied for this job and it's perfect. And I had nothing to lose by that time. And so she started looking up my resume and well, Rick, you're one of the youngest, least experienced. And, and, um, so I went, I said, hey, what do I have to lose? I told her about this purpose statement and, and exact words. She said, oh, you know, great. Okay. Put your name on the list. Write your name, number 11, five o'clock on Thursday, and uh, you're on the list. Long story short, I was the only one to get the job uh, that year. And um, I finished that career 32 years later as the COO and second largest shareholder of an employee-owned company. And we grew it from... 30 people to 250 people. And part of the reason was getting super clear on my purpose so that when I got discouraged and or so that's why when I retired, one of the first things I did was write that book that you and I were talking about earlier, the live your purpose, a step-by-step guide to living your best life. Because when I went to write it, and I'm not an amazing writer, but that's the beauty. I'm an idea guy and I'm a presentation stand-up guy, but um there's contractors and guru.com and all sorts of support that can sharpen your text. But the message I wanted to write was the value of purpose for success, joy, and happiness. And um, when I went to write it, I found all, I knew my personal experience and the value of it uh, and how it excels you and gives you energy and passion for what you're doing. And that exudes and comes out when you're talking to clients, employees, et cetera. Um, but I didn't know of all the other benefits and all the research that had been done. You know, in my book, in chapter three, I list 10 
health and life uh, benefits, including less hospital time, in including less disease, including more joy and satisfaction. And it, this is all by professional researchers, right? Not just Rick's opinion. So um, that's where my passion and energy comes from to help people is I want, whether you're an individual or an organization, I want you to see first and foremost, it's not the only success formula, but that if you live by purpose, you'll find more happiness and more success in life. So that that's kind of one of my first drivers, if you will, on helping people uh, become successful. Ah, and what a great testament that story you shared of writing down your mission statement, your vision of what you wanted, and then somebody coming out with the exact wording like that is so cool. And, and I've seen that too, time and time again, um, in my own life and in other people's lives that really take the time to write down their goals and what they're looking for. Yeah. That does seem to resonate in the world around us. Some people call it manifestation. Some people call it, you know, written goals. I'm a believer in all those things, but intentionally writing down the direction for your life in whatever words, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be sexy. It doesn't have to be you know, three word that everyone can remember, like companies try to do, it's just yours. And so that when opportunities come at you, you know what to say yes to, and you know what to say no to, because that's a big problem in today's world. We're all busy, but are we doing the most important things? And so that purpose statement led me to that paradigm of, you know, to be successful, I want to help myself in continuous improvement, my family, and my circle of influence, you know, whether that be vo vocation or avocation. So uh, that really drove me to um, want to help and improve. Now, of course, there's a shadow side, right? You can't go full throttle every day on young kids to, uh, <laughs> that's your model, right? Because they can tire pretty quick of that. So it takes some depth and some nuance and some, you know, all the right approaches. But that's where the passion comes from to be a great parent. That's where the passion comes from to be a great church member, to be a great worker, to be a great spouse um, is that vision for your life, whatever that might be. Yeah. Ah, so good. So what was it then for you um, that as a kid that you experienced um, from your parents or from peers, like parenting figures that enabled you to have that kind of a foundation to build the kind of character that you oh, needed to be to find this? That's a great question. It really is. My my father, to this day, he just sent me a note, uh, a voicemail last night. Uh, he lives in Alberta, Canada. And one of the individuals, the sales leader that I'm coaching there, and they bumped into each other and they were talking. They're in the same city. So he sends me this incredibly positive affirmation. Rick, you can accomplish. You're doing amazing. You can accomplish anything. And that was the same message he was telling me when I wasn't accomplishing anything as a 16-year-old. <laughs> And, uh, and then my mother, from a very young age, I was the oldest of four, set me up on goal charts. Like I literally had brush teeth, make bed as a six, an eight-year-old, play with little sister. And there was a lot. And, and so that little framework on cupboard number two in our little house growing up programmed my mind for success and striving and goal orientation and trying to make something. So my dad's belief in me and my mom's structure on, even at a very early age, very rudimentary goal setting was really the foundation to uh, where that came from. 
Oh, I love that. And I really like this idea of um, the very simple, tangible thing that your mom did of setting that goal chart and that all of us can apply that. We can all do something very simple and it can have a huge impact on our kids. The second piece that I want to ask your opinion on, because I know it can be controversy and I, it kind of blows my mind that it is. But um, when you said that your dad is gives you these affirmations and he believed in you even before you were being successful. I've heard so many people uh, be like, well, you don't want to give your kid too much praise because that just stresses them out. And you don't want to do too much of this because then your kids will feel um, like they're, they have to live up to this perfectionism. Otherwise they're failing. And so what was it that your dad specifically did different, or at least what was it that your understanding was that it didn't have that kind of an effect? No, well, that's a very good point. Like we said, any method, tool, personality has a strength, 80% and 20%, there's a shadow side that you have to manage, right? And, you know, you could be talking introvert expert, you could be talking, you know, a goal setter, you know, a present, you know, someone that's incredibly present, um, also maybe has to think about striving, you know, and that balance between the two. But yeah, I had to learn, you know, the breakthrough learning for me, and uh, I got it. Um, unfortunately, uh, when I was an older parent, kind of halfway through, we have six kids and now 15 grandkids. Um, awesome. And I read Carol Dwick's book on growth mindset. And oh, my goodness, that's what if my dad would have known or I would have known that as a younger person and the and and the, there's a lot of nuances to what she teaches but with kids to reinforce the process not just the result like oh johnny you got you know all a's or oh johnny you made the basketball team or oh johnny you can do you know praise process progress and learning not the result because what if you have a kid that doesn't make the team and doesn't get all A's and doesn't, you know, is that a failure? And do you come down on them hard? And they may, it, they may just learn in a different way and they're going to blossom. And, you know, and we've all seen stories like that, right? That they don't do well in school and yet they blossom and are super successful after. Um, but I think the key there, and I didn't always do it right. I kind of figured it out halfway. And that I hope that if young parents are listening is praise progress, praise process, praise, you know, small, and then ask their opinion. How did that feel when you really worked hard and, and you know, you got the A minus? How, how, how did it feel? Is it, was it worth the hard work? You know, and just get them to process it and understand it rather than you're right. You know, you got to be the star quarterback or your failure. I'm going to, the only time I'm going to give you, and this is exaggeration, but to a teenager, it feels that way sometimes is the only time I really get my dad's attention is when I super screw up or, or you know, I hit a home run. Yeah. And um, so we want to be really careful with that and, and praise more progress and process and learning because, you know, we've all heard stories of people that excel in high school and get to the big pond in a competitive university and they, they're depressed. They're anxious because they're no longer the big fish in the pond and their identity is, they got to be the home run hitter or nothing. And it feels like nothing. But if you've praised progress, learning, process, hard work, uh, giving it an effort, uh, your kid's going to be a winner because that's what's engaged. Oh, okay. 
it's difficult right now. I, I got difficult relationships. I got a difficult class. You know, do I give up? Do I get depressed? Or do I keep learning? And do I learn what this growth mindset that this isn't a failure? It's just, okay, I have to figure this out. This is a fun challenge. I got a C minus in economics. And I was an A student in undergrad. I got to figure this out. What's the system? What's the, this is a challenge. This is an exciting challenge rather than oh my gosh, my whole identity is gone because I'm not an A student anymore. So great question. But yeah, that's, that's the downside. And so reinforce more progress, process, and learning. Does that make sense? Is it, yes, is that yes that's perfect. I love that description of the process and progress, um, really focusing on that more because it's so true in, in like, I have little kids right now and I see how much they just, they're so bubbly and excited about every little accomplishment that they do. And I could just praise all of the milestones that they're making. Cause at young ages, like you hit so many milestones in very quick succession. But what I love is the process that they're, I can do spirit instead of just giving up and rolling over when they fall down. So ah, I love that. That's such good verbiage. Um, I know that will help a lot of people who are listening. So what did you do then? Um, you kind of hit on it a little bit of each person is dynamically different. So what was it for you? How did you pass that on to your kids as you're building your um, your career? You changed and creating a business. Like, how did you balance? How did you find success in growing your career and also taking care of your family? Well, um, well, there's two parts to that, and I'll, I'll tie it together with one story, and that is um, different strokes for different folks. I, with my older kids, I actually sat down formally with them and had clear, honest communication on how they're doing as they enter teenagerhood, and it was a formal Sunday in dad's office, and that worked. With the middle kids, uh, with my middle daughter, Lauren, that just wasn't working. And so figure out what works. It was get home on a Friday from a travel trip and she's got it and I've got it in the calendar to go to ice cream and had one-on-one date with dad. And she opens up like, a, you know, because we're in her. With my youngest daughter, it was a hike. She didn't want any of my sit-down formal, you know, you should be doing this. How are you doing? Wouldn't open up. I'm talking now as a 15, 16-year-old. But when I got her on a hike, something she loves, I didn't even have to ask questions. She was a blathering fool. And I was, I should have took my notepaper. Like it was awesome. All these things I wanted to know for months. And now that I got her on a hike, she's just free. She's open. She's breathing fresh air. So, you know, there's two kind of lessons in there. One, scheduling it, being intentional, right? Because you'll always be exhausted from work and all that you have to do. So be intentional, right? In the weekly plan on Sunday night, date with Lauren on Friday when I get home. So even if I'm exhausted, that's the plan. Yeah. And um, she she talks about that to this day. Dad, you were so busy and that yet you were traveling, but yet you made time. Well, gosh, I only had one hour of quality time with her that whole week, but it was impactful because it was what she wanted to do. It was planned and scheduled and prioritized. And the rest of the stuff is with the whole mob, right? And so it's hard for her to feel special, connected, loved, and beloved, like I wanted her to feel. And so, yeah, difference, be intentional, plan it, and different strokes for different folks. Oh, that's so good. And I, I hear several different things from that. One, 
just the permission to allow yourself to do things differently with each kid. I know that so often as parents, we're like, well, I'm doing this with this kid. This kid's going to feel left out if I don't do it the same. And, and really from your experience, like that's not the case. The other thing that I heard there too, is you had that one hour with your daughter, um, quality time. And that made all the world of difference for her because it it was intentional. So that is, I believe, such a key piece. So thank you for sharing that. That's very tangible. I really, really like it when we can dive into the exact um, tactics that people are doing and not just mindset ideas because they look differently for each person. Yeah, I have another story. Um, And this one is when I didn't do it well, because I think for busy people, um, entrepreneurs, executives, busy with career, it is really hard not to bring your stress home. Yeah. And I had an interesting conversation with my wife one day in the bathroom when my oldest son was 16. And, um, and my, and my wife's a very subtle coach. I'm more of a direct, had to learn subtle. She's subtle learning, uh, when appropriate, if direct. Um, and she comes to me and says, Rick, do you know that every time you talk to your, to Brett, you're negative. Like, whoa, what are you talking about? You're coaching him on your grades. You're coaching him on his sports. You're coaching him on his friends. You're telling him curfews. You're, but everything you come out of your mouth is negative, challenging. How do you think that makes him feel? Oh, oh that can't be. I'm a continuous improvement consultant. I teach recognition for breakfast, lunch, and dinner to my clients. I mean, I know the value of this. So she says, okay. She walks out of the room. I start thinking, holy crap, she's right. (laughs) And so a big paradigm shift, thanks to a loving, appropriate coaching intervention from my wife. Um, And of course, it's hard to make big shifts, but subtle shifts of really trying to catch my son doing things right as a 16-year-old teenager, right? Um, For a recovering perfectionist, that's not easy. for, you know, to have a dad like that. So catching them doing things right. And it's interesting, it took probably five years. Like I never told Brett, oh, you know, I'm going to be a lot more positive. You know, my dad talked to me and, you know, maybe actually I did, but, you know, both of us, it was kind of water under the bridge. So five years later, he comes back. Uh, he's, he's been away for a couple of years at university, et cetera. Comes back and says, dad, you've changed. I said, oh, what? You know, I'm not even thinking of this conversation at 16. <laughs> he says, yeah, you're much more positive and you're still driven. You're still accomplishing a lot, but you're positive and supportive and loving. And I thought, oh, my goodness. That was an incredible um, va- validation of small mindset shift that took five years you don't really know, you know, he was, you know, he had, was being successful in university and the other things he was doing. So you're hoping that the mindset shift was working, that it was translating to love and acceptance. In fact, in my 40s, Wanda, I added another line to my purpose statement and it went something like, and practice continuous improvement with love and acceptance for myself and others. And that little subtle shift, coaching from my wife, um, man, yeah, I wish it happened five years before, but the point is it made a huge impact, you know? So 
there's a whole bunch of things in there to unravel, but feedback from a loving partner, uh, taking it to heart, make trying to make some small shifts in your approach to stay positive with your teenagers and um, had a massive impact, you know, and you don't always know that with teenagers, right? It sometimes does take a little while to see the fruit of your efforts. But anyhow, it was very impactful for me and for Brett. Uh, uh, I really, really like this idea that it takes a long time, but when you know that it's based on a true principle, you can trust in that time. And the other thing that is huge in this that I think like hat off to you because that is incredible that when a loving spouse gave you direction that you were humble enough to take it. And I think that is something that each one of us can need to rely more on. We're in this world that's go, go, go. You've got to be the best. You've got to know all the answers and everything. I think so many times we don't take advantage of the people we actually love and trust the most that we need to rely on that trust. So thank you. That was so many golden nuggets there. That that was Yeah, And I guess the other one, now you're getting me thinking about all the nuggets here, but just, just the importance. And now, you know, my kids are now got kids, right? 15 grandkids. So I'm looking at it as a grandparent and, um, you know, just the importance of, you know, they have expectations. If not from you, school, peers, there's lots of pressure on kids today. And I'm speaking specifically on teenagers now. And um, in wisdom and hindsight, um, I wouldn't do anything differently on, you know, helping them identify goals to that they want to work on in a balanced set of the different areas of life. But I would and encourage parents to just show more love and acceptance. They know you love you. I mean, you're the parent, right? Oh. Uh, and you're doing so much for them. You're making meals, but that's not enough. Um, it's actually showing ways, making a, a one-on-one connection, showing ways, showing more love and acceptance. Because you don't know the peer pressure that they're under or the pressure at school to perform or in sport or not making the teams, you know, whatever. So it's such a valuable lesson because, uh, you are you know, we're at work, we're used to boom, 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 go, go, go. And then you try to go home and apply the same principles. It doesn't always work. They don't want to hear dad's stuff or mom's stuff, you know, like you can command the troops in, hopefully, <laughs> in, a, in a loving way, but you can still, hey, you know, can you get that in by, you know, next week by five and let's get this and let's have this team, you know, that's leadership. But at home, it it, it has to feel a little bit different. And, and maybe you could argue at work, it should too, but at home, for sure, it should come with love, support, and acceptance and, and abundance of that so that they feel it. And there's some really cool research that people don't actually hear it unless it's a, in a four to one ratio, meaning four positives to one negative. You could say great shoes, great dress, great hair, great smile, but I want you to improve on your written proposals. And all that person hears, if you're in deficit with them or in challenge with them, is the last one, right? <laughs> and so you have to be really careful uh, to appropriately purse out. And teenagers are no different. They'll remember the one time. In fact, I'll get stories today. Dad, do you remember when you just got so mad at me because I was mucking off at first year university and playing Halo all night? And you threw a... Uh, I won't share the whole story. You share a, a phone back in the day when we had handsets 
at me, hit me in the leg and said, wake up. Da, 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 da. That was such a turning point for me. And they actually told that in church, that story. And I'm going, oh, okay, okay. Well, all right. So I can't go to that congregation ever again. Um, you know, and I guess one of the learnings also in there is, you know, not just love and support, but also, you know, go back and return with love, right? Once you've redirected them, always go back and turn with love. But anyway, you got me all excited. I got uh, chucking out any pearls of wisdom as a grandfather now. Oh, I love it. I I really, really do. Because what you're sharing, what I'm hearing, like, from my perspective is, it's the reason why it's so valuable to constantly be giving them acceptance and love is like you said, they know you love them, you're making meals, you're providing a home, like, they know parents love them. But with all the peer pressure that they have going on around, they aren't sure of their self, they're not sure of their own. And so- They need that reinforcement so they can hear their own worth speaking out louder than the pressure. Yep. Yeah. And as executives and as entrepreneurs, we're busy. Like we're stressed. We've got deadlines and we got people with demands and we got customers with demands. And so it's really hard not to transfer or get so consumed in your work, you forget your other priorities. And that's where planning and intentionality and you know, I, I I read somewhere once that somebody, and I really like the idea, somebody, you know, used to, before they walk in the house, and today we, some of us work in the house. So before I walk out of this door, you know, you do 10 deep breaths and, you know, have a mantra that you say to yourself, okay, relax. I'm going into parent mode or spouse mode now, you know, let's approach it, you know, whatever you want to say to yourself to reset yourself from a stressful day. You know, you got two emails from clients that are firing you. You've got employee upset, blah, blah, blah. You know, how do you reset when you go into your next role, you know, in your service organization or with your family or with your spouse, not to, so yeah, there's, there's so many um, tricks and techniques to trying to have it all. Cause that's what we're talking about, right? Wanda, we're talking about how can I be successful at work and home and in my other interests? Or do, do I just, can I just be successful at home and at the sacrifice of everything else, like so many people have done, right? You know, the Clayton Christensen writes a great book called, you know, um, oh, he talks about mission statements in there. Uh, how to, it, oh, I can't remember the title right now. I'll think of it. But in that, he tells a story. He's a Harvard professor. He tells a story and it's about the power of vision statements and having a vision for your life. But he tells the story of very rich, successful executives coming back to Harvard, and they're estranged from their kids. They're on their third partner, and um, they're not as happy, even though they're rich and have all the spoilings of and power, captains of industry, lots of money, but yet they express a lot of regret because they weren't able to pay attention to the other roles in your life. So that all starts with intentionality. That all starts with planning. Um so that you can do well at all parts of your life. And that doesn't mean equal time. Like within the Lauren story, in, in the date with my daughter at the ice cream store, that was one hour of high quality. And oh, no. We're losing connection. Dream about it all yeah. Oh, are we? Yeah. Can you hear me? There we go. You got me, Wanda? Oh, yeah, there we go. That's better. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, cut off right before you said that um, one hour of high quality time. Yeah, and it's not that um, 
people will say, well, I can't spend the same amount of time with my service organization or my family at work. No, you can't. But if you're intentional, you could use that hour or two, like the story of the ice cream with the daughter. She dreamt about it all week. She planned on it. She looked forward to it. You know, with one of my other boys, they might, you know, blah, blah, dad, you know. Yeah. But it worked for her. And that was very intentional time. And it was one hour of high quality time compared to the 60 hours at work. But that's with the power of intentionality. That's the power of planning is that you can't. And the same with self-care and exercise, right? Yeah. I am a huge, I, I never missed a workout six days a week. I still don't. And if I have to get up earlier to do that, and I, at the beginning, I wasn't a morning per person. People always argue, oh, you got to be a morning person to do that. Well, no, you just got to be an intentional person. And I knew if I waited till five o'clock or six o'clock, my other priorities, uh, I would run into that and, and other things would come up. Employees would have needs, blah, 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 family, whatever it might be. So being super intentional to get my workout, my spirit, my prayer, my writing, my journal, uh, my meditation, my stillness, all done before I start the day so that I can bring my very best every day to my work. So instead of dragging through 75 hours, I can get more done in 55 because I've started with self-care because I'm sharp, I'm clear. And so you've got energy and clarity for your kids and your other roles as well. So we haven't talked about that one, but I think to be a great parent and a successful entrepreneur, it is mandatory today to take time for self-care. And I'm not talking hours and hours. I'm talking about an hour and a half in the morning to get your exercise, prayer, stillness, whatever you do to get yourself spiritually, physically, emotionally ready and focused and clear. And then boom, you're going to get more done than the person that started work at five o'clock and work till six. <laughs> yeah. I promise you that. Uh, so, so good. Thank you. So my last question for you right now then is success seems to be this goal that so many people are aiming for. And yet it's arbitrary to so many of us. So how would you, what advice would you give to those parents who are successful in the business realm? That is fine, but they are noticing the other areas of their life um, falling behind and not at the points that they want. Like, what can they do to start achieving a different kind of success where every area thrives? Yeah. So the first is starts with that vision for your life. And I guarantee you when you think through, and I've got process on my website, I'll mention it here in a second. I've got a day planner on Amazon that goes through this whole process. And it's based on the book I mentioned to you, Live Your Purpose. Um, but basically, lay out a framework for what success looks like for you. And it's really not, I'm going to be captain, CEO of the company. It's not, my my Johnny's going to be captain of the football team. It's nothing about that. It's who do you want to be? How do you want to be remembered at your, fun at your funeral? Those people talking, you can't control what people say. But what do you want them to say? And then reverse engineer it back to a vision statement, a purpose statement. How do you want to be remembered? What qualities? What brings you joy? What are your strengths? And put that down in a vision statement for your life. That's where it starts. And so if you're constantly looking back at that every month, every quarter, every year, you're going to set then a set of balanced goals uh, to be successful at work and home and prioritize those, right, in your weekly planning and your daily planning. And that, that's what my planner does. And that's my recommendation to people that really want to be intentional but don't know all the hows. They want to be successful in all areas of their life, but they don't know what all the hows. 
that's what that planner it's it's called live your best life planner on amazon it's got a funky cover and it kind of goes through that process of being intentional and being successful based on your vision for your life setting goals in all those areas to help you be successful and then executing on it with good weekly and daily planning so that would be my answer wanda if you want to be successful in all those areas you have to plan for it you have to envision it first and then plan and execute on that does that does that answer your question does that tell oh you? that's beautiful yes and several different things that you mentioned in there was the the planner you can get on amazon like having those small little tactical things make the vision that seems so abstract to us very much more tangible and reachable so everybody that's listening I highly recommend going and checking out all the different resources. Rick has named a lot of different books and a lot of planners and different things available that can help you if you are truly trying to level up in your success in all areas of life. Rick, if people are listening and resonating and want to know more about what you do, where is the best place for them to be able to find you? Yeah, thank you. And I really love your term level up, by the way. That's a great idea, great, great mindset. Um, yeah, you can you know email me directly at rickhyland at gmail.com. Sorry, it's R Highland, and Highland is spelled H-E-Y-L-A-N-D. So it looks Hayland, but pronounced Highland, R Hayland at gmail.com. Or just go to my website at wwwci for life the number four in the middle of that. CI stands for continuous improvement, but it's just CI the number four life.org, not dot com dot org. And on there, you're going to see 14 or 15 products, tools, how to help some freebies on there as well, how to develop a purpose statement. You're going to see the book I talked about, the planner I talked about. You're going to see a heavy emphasis on my latest uh, launch. I wrote a book called you know, The Truth About Being a Rainmaker, Seven Steps for Sales Excellence. It's a story about how I 100x'd my consulting company, that same one I talked about, Um over a 10 year period. And then it also has some client stories of people that I've helped scale and grow their business. So for people that are on more on the parenting and personal development side, you can look at the first book that we've talked about on live your purpose um, on people that uh, want to learn how to scale their business and do it in a balanced way with self-care. By the way, self-care is principle number seven, by the way, of the seven uh, principles of sales excellence, by the way, number one is have a purpose and a noble cause. So it all comes together, right? And uh, and the middle parts are about sales process and trust and business development. So anyhow, uh, Wanda, those are the different ways and, and different ideas. Uh, uh, if people need help, they can find me. Oh, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Rick. And I will be sure to add all the um, links needed for people to come to your website and be able to get in contact with you because I know that what you're doing is helping so many people. And I'm so excited for the future people that will be able to get your help. So thank you so much for coming and thank you everybody for listening. We will see you next time. Thank you again for being a part of our podcast family and for the difference you are making right now in the world and in the walls of your own home. If you're wanting to support parents everywhere, you can do that by leaving a rate and review. This helps so many find connection and answers they are searching for. Also, don't forget to go to wandahoward.com and get your own free parenting blueprint. I love you all and we will see you next time.